You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Marcy Davis, author of Working Like Dogs, and my co-host is my service dog, Whistle. And Whistle and I are thrilled to be here with you today to talk about one of our favorite subjects, which is working dogs and working animals. And today we have a special guest, which is Dr. Chris Bannon. And Dr. Bannon is a fellow with the Academy of Veterinary Dentistry, and she's a practicing veterinarian with Veterinary Dentistry and Oral Surgery of New Mexico. And she's going to talk with us today about everything we've ever wanted to ask about dental care for our working dogs. So we will be right back with Dr. Bannon after these messages. So please stay with us. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume Super Long Lasting Sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6 ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? Pawfume, P-A-W-F-U-M-E. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Schools in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Dr. Chris Bannon. Welcome, Dr. Bannon. Thank you, Marcy. 
We're so thrilled that you could be with us. And oh, I have so many questions for you because I always feel so guilty when I look at my service dog's teeth and they're not as white as they should be. So, so you're going to have to tell me, tell me things that I can do today. So, so let's start out by telling us why is oral health important? Well, it's very important to the overall health of the animal. When we have uh, animals, especially dogs, but also cats, with dental problems, they can have infections in their mouth. And when the gums are red and irritated or when their breath is bad, then that is an indication that there is some type of problem. And that may be causing a very local infection right in the mouth called periodontal disease and gingivitis, or it may actually cause other problems further down in the body. So like they say, the eyes are the window to the soul, the mouth is actually the window to the body. And so, so there are infections and problems that can spread to the heart or the lungs or the kidneys and cause other, other problems and other pain and other infections. And then plus just the, the problems in the mouth can have an, an impact on the health and working ability of the animal. Absolutely. I know when I got my first service dog, Ramona, that was something that they they really told us was how important that her teeth were in order for her to be able to retrieve things for me or turn the light switches on and off. If she didn't, if her teeth were causing her any discomfort, it would be really hard for her to do her job. Absolutely. Just like in people, we, we really rely on our fingers and our fingertips to do what we need to do. And in dogs, that's their teeth. They, they pick up things with their teeth. They pull stickers out of their feet with their teeth. And the, their teeth are very important to all dogs, but especially the working dogs, because they are doing these things like you were describing with the light switches and picking very small objects up off of the floor, we also, the dogs that are police dogs or guard dogs that require those teeth in a, to be able to catch and hold on to the target that they've been, been told to acquire. So it's very important for them not only to have teeth and, and preserve them whenever possible, but also to have them be pain-free. So if someone is has a working dog and they're just starting out with that dog or if they've had them for a while, what would you recommend for good oral health practices? What would that be? How often should they brush? You know, just some, some tips about that. Well, absolutely. You know, what I recommend is starting with a an examination by your veterinarian and you're going of course going to do that for the overall health of, of your dog as well to make sure that, that everything is in working order but have them focus on the teeth and, and really very closely look at the mouth. When you are, are evaluating them at home you are looking for halitosis so bad breath that's not normal even though it's called doggy breath and everybody says that, well it's just doggy breath Actually, that is not normal in dogs, and they are not supposed to have bad breath. It should be very, you know, just a nice odor like you would expect if you had a, a companion person. Your companion pet should have the same type of breath. 
And so, so if you're looking for bad breath would be an indication that there's a problem. Any bleeding of the gums is not normal. And then any indication of discoloration on the teeth, so yellow or brown or black buildup on the teeth, anything that keeps them from looking nice and white and shiny like our own teeth should look is, is an abnormality. Now, if they are starting young and they have a nice healthy mouth in a, you know, it's a nice young newly acquired dog, then um, brushing the teeth is a good way to get started. If they already have problems, then you need to have your veterinarian or your veterinary dentist do a thorough cleaning and evaluation and deal with any problems that are already present because if you go in and try to brush their mouth while they already have pain, then they're going to, to associate the toothbrushing with discomfort and it's going to be much harder long term to be able to brush those teeth. So you want to make sure that you're starting with a nice healthy mouth before you do any home care. When we, when we do have a healthy mouth or a young dog, then brushing on a daily basis just like we do with our own teeth is the best way to do it. Wow. And so what kind of toothbrush would you recommend and toothpaste? Is there such a thing <laughs> as toothpaste for dogs? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We have all kinds of doggy flavored toothpaste. They're uh, poultry flavor and malt and seafood flavor and beef flavor, all kinds of things you can't find in the grocery store for us. <laughs> but we have... Uh, we have we have doggy toothpaste, and then we, they, there are a variety of toothbrushes that you can use. There are ones that are specific for dogs. My experience has been that I look for a child's toothbrush, and a, what I look for is a small head with very, very, very soft bristles. And you can get a uh, a child's toothbrush from any grocery store or any you know supermarket that would be very, very soft with a small head. Because if it's too large, you're going to uh, traumatize their cheeks because they might move around as you're trying to brush their teeth and you don't want to poke them with the toothbrush too hard. The toothpaste is really more for us and for the enjoyment of the toothbrushing. A lot of dogs will take the toothpaste and lick it off of the toothbrush and love the flavor so much that when they see their owner brushing their teeth, they sit down right next to them and wait for their turn. So the toothpaste is really a flavoring and an incentive to make it fun for the dog, but it's really not doing much on the actual teeth themselves. It's the physical brushing action, massaging the gums and getting all of the food particles and saliva off of the surface of the teeth that really is the important part. And if you have a dog that has had a bad experience or is is scared of of having their teeth brushed, if it's it's an awkward experience for them, how would you recommend making that an easier process or, or getting them used to having their teeth brushed every day? Absolutely. You know, when you have an, an adult dog, even one that's maybe even hasn't had any any pain but just has never been exposed to that, it can be kind of awkward to suddenly sit them down and shove something weird and tasting funny in their mouth. So it really is a process. It should be a very slow process. And you can use this even with uh, puppies that are just not used to it or an adult dog that has had previous mental trauma from, from having oral pain. But what I recommend is just starting with the toothpaste, picking a good 
good flavor that your dog likes. And, you know, if you know that they like beef better than chicken, you can get the beef flavor. Just let them lick it right off of your finger. Just let them get used to the toothpaste. And maybe that's all you do the first day. And then give them a treat afterwards of whatever is appropriate for their for their diet and, and the other health issues they might have. And then the next day, let them uh, put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and let them lick it off of the toothbrush. And then over time, or maybe even over a few weeks, just gradually take and touch the brush to with the toothpaste on it to their teeth. So as they're licking it off, you're putting the toothbrush right in front and massaging those front teeth while they're licking the toothpaste off. And then if that goes well, you know, always give them a, a, some type of reward afterwards. Whatever you feel is, is the best reward that your dog can have. Um, if it's a food reward, make sure it's small because we don't want to gain too much weight giving them lots of treats for toothbrushing. But if it's not a food reward, you know, maybe they just want an extra kiss on top of the head or, or an extra love to tell them how wonderful they were. And then over time, you can gradually take that toothbrush with the toothpaste on it and just work right inside the cheeks. You don't have to hold their mouth still. You don't have to hold their mouth clamped or even hold their mouth open. Just take the toothbrush and slide it right in the corner of their lips underneath the cheek and just rub back and forth. And if they chew on it, that's fine because as they chew, those bristles are working all surfaces of the teeth. So when I'm brushing my own dog's teeth, I just let them chew on the toothbrush in the back and just keep moving it back and forth and letting them chew on it. They're kind of brushing their own teeth at that point. Oh, that's great. Well, that makes me feel better because <laughs> I've done that <laughs> with, with my dogs and I, I was worried that they were as they were chewing on the toothbrush. So that makes me feel much better. And I have to say I've had the experience the whole gamut because Ramona was one of those types of dogs that would sit there beside me while I was brushing my teeth she loved that poultry toothpaste (laughs) so much that she insisted I brush her teeth she wanted me to brush her teeth twice a day but and, and, and Morgan was fine with it but Whistle has been really apprehensive about having his teeth brushed he has not wanted me to do that at all with him. So uh, it's really interesting to see the different experiences. But but I did a lot of the things that you said, which was really going slow and just starting out with just letting him eat the toothpaste off my finger so that it was it was as slow as I could with him to get him comfortable. And I'm happy to say right. that now, now he lets me brush his teeth, but I don't do it every day, which I wish I did. I wondered about that if it was – I've heard things saying it's – not good to give them the toothpaste every day. Is that true? No, that's not true. It's not a problem for them to have the toothpaste as long as they don't have any other health issues. Some of the toothpastes are flavored and uh, and have sugar in them. So if you have a dog that is diabetic uh, or has any, you know, perhaps some kidney issues or you know is sensitive to sodium or any other health problems, then you may have to pull back on the toothpaste a little bit because it is flavored. It has sugar. It has salt. It has some of those things. But if you have a healthy, young, too old dog anywhere in between, they, you know, the toothpaste they're getting is really only maybe an inch or two out of the tube. You know, it's not, if you're, if you're giving them a quarter of a cup of toothpaste per day, that's probably too much. But if they're getting a <laughs> teaspoon or two, then that's, that's not going to cause any problems as long as their overall health is good. 
It's good. Okay. Okay. Well, well, you are giving us all kinds of great tips, and we are going to take a quick break um, and hear from some of our sponsors. But please come right back as Dr. Bannon tells us more great information that we can take and practice with our working dogs. So please come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And today we're talking with Dr. Chris Bannon, who is a specialist in dental care. She is a veterinarian that specializes in dental care. And she's talking with us about all the myths and all the questions that we've ever wanted to ask about dental care for our working dogs. So I have to ask you this. 
how did you become a doggy dentist? How did that happen? <laughs> well, it's funny that you should ask because I actually was going to just very quickly clarify technically not actually a specialist in dentistry yet. I'm very, very close. Um, there are several levels of, of training. You know, in order to be a doggy dentist, you have to be a veterinarian. That's the first thing. Uh, and then once you're a veterinarian, then you take extra training, and it's called a residency program to become a, a dental specialist. And I have finished the majority of that and have received my first advanced dental training degree, which you mentioned is a, being a fellow of the Academy of Veterinary Dentistry, and I am in the process of working on my second one, which is becoming board certified in veterinary dentistry, but I am not there yet, and that is the only time when you can actually claim to be a dental specialist. So mm -hmm. for, for me at this stage, um, there, are, there are only less than a hundred of us who are even fellows of the Academy of Veterinary Dentistry. So it's a very new and very, uh, very few and far between of us that are doing advanced dentistry. But being board certified is that extra specialty that, uh, that we aspire to when we, when we want to become a specialist. And so so that's, that's out there for me and I'm in the process but not there yet. It's a fun field, though. I really, you know, when I, when I was a veterinarian, I was a, a veterinarian in general practice, just doing general medicine for many, many years, and I really loved everything about being a veterinarian, but I found that I really enjoyed being able to take an animal that had pain in its mouth and make it better. And sometimes the owners would know that something had happened. Maybe they were hit in the face and had a damaged tooth or they had some chronic infection. And sometimes the owners didn't even realize that there was a problem. And when I identified that there was a dental problem and fixed it, the owners reported how much better the dogs felt and how much more energy they had and how many years younger they seemed. And it was such a satisfying experience for me that I really decided that that's what I wanted to devote my life to. That's awesome. Well, can you tell us a little bit more, Dr. Bannon, about what kinds of dental problems are the most common in dogs? Absolutely. So the most common problems that we see in dogs, is, is the most common one is periodontal disease, and that is infection and buildup. So calculus, tartar, plaque, all that yellow, yucky, brown buildup on the surface of the teeth. And about 85% of dogs older than three have some level of periodontal disease. This makes the gums bleed. It makes the teeth over time, makes them loose and wobble and fall out uh, if it's left untreated. And it is a source of infection to not only the mouth and the gums, but like I said earlier, to the other parts of the body. There's some recent studies that are suggesting that this could actually spread. And in people, we definitely know that having periodontal disease affects the, the, our overall health. So that is our most common problem. And uh, uh, luckily, it's also the most preventable because regular 
regular dental checkups with your veterinarian or your veterinary dentist and regular cleanings can actually prevent this from happening along with your daily or every other day at the latest tooth brushing. And so if you're, if you're able to brush their teeth and then go, go in for an annual evaluation and probably an annual cleaning just like we do with our own dental health, then periodontal disease is 100% preventable. So that's the most common problem that we see. In our working dogs, one of our other more common problems is broken teeth. And that is, that is a big problem because they are using their teeth often more so than your average household dog is. Um, just your average house pet is not using their teeth as much as the working dogs are. And so when we see a broken tooth, that causes a lot of pain when it first breaks. And then over time, that the pain subsides, but the tooth gets infected on the inside. And then the infection spreads down into the bone where the tooth is sitting, and that causes some pain again. And, and that can get very, very severe if it's left untreated. So you mentioned getting your dog's teeth cleaned on a regular basis. How often, I, I've had my dog's teeth cleaned before, um, but not very often. Is, and I know I get my teeth cleaned every six months. So what is a, what, what is a good practice for our working dogs? Well, it really depends on the dog. Um, just like in people, you know, we have some people that have never been to the dentist in the last 10 years, and, you know, they still have very perfect dental health, and then there are others of us that have to go every three or four months, and we always need work every time. So, in general, I would say that the smaller the dog, the more frequent the teeth cleanings need to be. And the reason for that is because the smaller dogs tend to have a larger ratio of tooth size to tooth to bone in the jaw. And so it doesn't take as much infection to have very severe problems. You, you might imagine that in a, in a lab, if you have, let's say, a three millimeter pocket, this is like, you know, less than a quarter of an inch of, of damage to the structures of the tooth, that's not too bad. But you take that in a chihuahua and that might be the whole, whole length of the tooth root. And so, so we have the smaller dogs, I recommend getting checked at least every six months. At least have your veterinarian or your veterinary dentist look and evaluate and see what's happening. Does he or she need a cleaning at this point? Um, for the larger breed dogs, the, you know, over 40 or 50 pounds, I would say once a year to have an evaluation is sufficient. And many of those dogs can go three or four years between actual cleaning. Okay, okay. And can you describe the cleaning process to us and give us an idea about cost? Well, absolutely. I can describe the process. The, um, the, the teeth cleaning is very much exactly what we do when we go into our own dentist. But unfortunately, even with the most cooperative of our working dogs, sitting still and opening wide is, is a little hard to do. And, and so we are able to get, if, if we have... Um, an evaluation, we always do that awake without any anesthesia, but any dental cleaning, we always do under anesthesia. And I know that's always a scary process when we have to put our pets 
and our companions and especially for working dogs, you know, our, our lifeline under anesthesia, it's very, very scary. But in the right hands, with the anesthesia done correctly, it is actually the safer way to have the dental care because it's very important to get on all surfaces of all the teeth, get in the very back of the mouth, get on the tongue side, and really be able to look at every single tooth like its own independent little examination and make sure that each tooth is in the very best health that it can be. Plus, as we're doing the cleaning, just like when you go to your own dentist, they, they, we use an ultrasonic scaler, so it's vibrating to break up all of the buildup, and that's spraying water to keep it cool, and we don't want our dogs choking on that bacteria-filled water and having that get down into their lungs. So when they're under anesthesia, we have a tube that down their throat that protects their lungs and their airway, keeps all that infection from getting down into the lungs. So it's very, very important when we're doing dental work to actually have them under anesthesia, even with the, the animals that have a very, very good personality and are very cooperative. Sometimes you can scrape the surface of the tooth with, with some instruments, but you run the risk of getting some of those pieces of bacteria uh, and tartar down into the lungs, and you can't get underneath the gum line safely. And if you can, it's uncomfortable. I mean, if you think about it, every time I go to the dentist, I hate having them clean my teeth and get up underneath the gums. It hurts. If they're doing a good job and, and really getting up underneath the gum lines, it's uncomfortable. And we don't want to make our dogs uncomfortable. It's better and safer for them if they're asleep for it. And then they wake up and they have beautiful, fresh breath and nice, clean teeth and it feels so good. And they don't have to have that stressful, worrisome experience of going to the dentist. It's a positive experience for them. How long, you know, because for me to be without my working dog for any length of time can be a problem. So how long do you recommend, if you are using anesthesia, how long do they need to, to take it easy before they can start working again? Well, you know, in my hands, I would say the majority of my patients uh, come in in the morning and go home three or four hours later, and they are already about 80% uh, able to work, and, you know, they're eating and they're walking and they're, they're up and about and feeling good. I think the first night of after anesthesia, I think, is the hardest on them, and so, you know, it, I would try to keep them as quiet as possible and limit the, the requirements that are, are asked of them. But I would say the majority of, of working dogs can probably be working the night of surgery and certainly the day after. Now, if they've had to have teeth removed or some type of more serious oral surgery, like if they have a, an oral cancer that needs to be removed, then they may actually have to be out of, out of work for a few days uh, until they're really recovered and healed. But most of the time for just our routine cleanings, that can, be, that can be just an outpatient procedure and they can be back to work that evening. Okay, that's great. Well, and I have another question. As dogs age, um, how, because you said that it's every three or four years for some dogs to have the cleaning if they have healthy teeth. What do you think about it as they age? When do you stop cleaning their teeth? Never. 
honestly. Um, I, <laughs> I have worked on 21-year-old cats and 20-year-old dogs. I mean, that's, that is not uh, an issue. And actually, as they get older, we tend to need to do it more frequently. They tend to have more problems. Their immune system's not quite as strong as it was when they were young. And so they, uh, their, their body is not as able to keep the, the teeth healthy and keep the gums healthy as they get older. So in many cases, we actually have to, to do the cleanings more frequently as they get older rather than less frequently. Now, we always have to factor in the overall health and whether or not you're getting the best benefit for the anesthesia. So if it is... You know, we try, at least in my practice, we try to minimize the number of times that we're going under anesthesia and get the most benefit from it. So, we, you know, we don't want to do it every six months or every 12 months just because the calendar says it's time. You know, we want to know that, that it's worthwhile and it's necessary and we're preventing infection. And that's why I suggest rather than just scheduling on a regular basis, um, have to have the whole cleaning process, just have your veterinarian look. But as long as the the overall health of your dog is in good shape, then there's really no problems with doing anesthesia, even on a more frequent basis. You'll find in uh, when we're dealing with, with dogs who have cancer, they have to, if, they, if they're undergoing, let's say, radiation therapy, they are undergoing anesthesia on a daily basis sometimes for weeks on end while they're getting their, their treatments. And so, you know, while we want to keep the anesthesia as little as possible over their life, as long as it's monitored correctly and in the hands of a good veterinarian and a good veterinary dentist, they can undergo anesthesia every year for 20 years for their dental health and, and have it be a very safe process and, and have them be healthier for it. Even the animals that have a compromised system, maybe they're starting to get some heart problems, maybe their kidneys aren't as strong, maybe they've had some liver problems, or, you know, like I said, maybe diabetes or some other health issue. We often do a lot of dental work on these patients as well, and we just have to make modifications and changes to the anesthesia, sometimes even get an anesthesia specialist involved, because there are board-certified anesthesia specialists that are available to us to actually monitor and, and run the anesthesia on these extra high-risk patients. And I have used them in situations where we have a working dog especially that is at a higher anesthesia risk, and we really want to make sure that that animal has the best chance of being healthier when we're done with the surgery than when they came in. And so we often use anesthesia specialists for that, but it does increase the cost some. So you have to weigh whether or not there's, there's a need for that with, with what you can afford in your budget. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bannon. You have given us so much practical information and dispelled so many myths that were out there about dental care. And I'm so sorry that we're out of time because I, I would love to hear more about the amazing work that you're doing. But thank you so much for being with us today. You are very welcome, Marcy. Thank you very much. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for being with us and our producers for making Working Like Dogs possible. 
And if you would like any additional information about our show or if you have any questions that you would like to ask, please feel free to email me. The email is marcy at petliferadio.com. And we will have some additional information about Dr. Bannon up on the website. So please check it out at PetLifeRadio.com. So thank you, as always, for being with us. And we look forward to you coming back and joining us again for Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>